You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Top Podcast. I'm your host, Jason. It's your host, Danny. Fans, we got a full show for you today. First to NFL, uh, a little bit about college football. We have a trading card scenario for you. We haven't done that in a while. Uh, we're going to give the fans what they want. But first, Danny, right into NFL, where the Green Bay Packers, man, pulled this thing out. 18-17 to against the New Orleans Saints. They were down 17 nothing. Uh, going into the fourth quarter, in the fourth quarter, uh, and they just went on this 18-point run, man. And I got to be honest, Danny, when it was 17-0 in the fourth quarter, I ended up falling asleep, man. Fell asleep because I was like, man, these Packers done gave up another one that they should have won, mm-hmm. uh, opener, et cetera. And then once I woke up from my slumber, I saw that we won, man. I was so upset, man. But what it boils down to is Jordan Love. One touchdown, one pick, but he threw for 259 yards. Uh, ran one in as well. And I think, if anything, this was a game uh, for the ages in Jordan Love's early career. Uh, this is eerie familiar to that of Brett Favre, when he first started, he made the drive uh, to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. And now you have Jordan Love. And I like Jordan Love's presence, um, his calmness uh, in, the first, in the face of adversity, but in the face of with just all the chaos going on, man. I mean, he is cool, calm, and collected. Uh, and so... The very interesting game, uh, Romeo Dobbs, five receptions for 73 yards. That's that worldly catch uh, for a touchdown. I saw the highlights uh, of it, and I saw it multiple times. So kudos to Romeo Dobbs for that. But the Packers pulled this out. Danny, what say you about this game? Jason, a key thing that happened in this game was Derek Carr got injured uh, with a shoulder injury on a – Jameis Winston came in, and – I didn't understand what the Saints were doing, honestly, because they kept putting Jameis Winston in the shotgun and they had opportunities to just drain the clock because they were running on the Packers. But for whatever reason, they had Jameis out there winging it, and which then gave the Packers a lot more time on the clock. Uh, the defense, they had the Packers fourth and goal when Jordan Love scored the rushing touchdown and he made a nice move to get in. But they had him in the backfield, so if they would have stopped him there, I think the Saints would have took the game. But And then the Saints also missed the field goal at the end. So this was one of those games for me personally. It was, I was watching for football's sake. I can't stand either team. I was like, I hope they end in a tie. Here we go, man. Here we go. <laughs> they deserve to end in a tie. But, yeah, Jordan Love, you know, he brought them back, and they played well. Still without Aaron Jones and Christian Watson, Bakhtiari was out. 
So they had a lot of injuries, and for them to do what they did, the Saints defense has been playing lights out, and they did for three quarters until uh, what happened in the last quarter, which they started picking on a, a specific cornerback in particular where Dobbs was targeted. Uh, so they got the win, and now they got Detroit coming in to Lambeau this Thursday. That's going to be a tough game for the Packers. Uh, and speaking of Detroit, man, Detroit – Goes ahead and takes care of business against your Atlanta Falcons, man. 20 to 6. What in the world happened, Danny? Well, Desmond Ritter threw 38 times. If that shows you anything in this game, <laughs> Bijan only had 33 yards rushing. Kyle Pitts had five catches, 41 yards. It was, they're just like a step slow the whole game. And, it was a game they could have actually, I thought they had a good chance in taking because Detroit wasn't really doing too much. The Falcons defense actually played pretty well. Just lackluster. It was just one of those games, man. You just, like They just didn't have it. And I hope it's one that they don't regret losing because we, we head over to London this weekend to play Jacksonville. And I was hoping we could get this win. So, cause you never know what happens in London with the travel and, all that stuff. So weird things can happen there. And we took the L this week. And you talking about an offense, man. The Miami Dolphins, man, just goes ahead and put 77-0 on the board against the Denver Broncos, man. And Tua has 309 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Uh, they even had Mike White come in, back up, uh, throwing – a a touchdown pass, man. We had two attempts through a touchdown pass on one of those, man. So what's that is unbelievable, man. But you had their running crew, man. Raheem Mostert uh, had three touchdowns, 82 yards. But, man, Devon, 18 carries for 203 yards, two touchdowns. Are you kidding me? So you mean tell me – the Miami Dolphins not only have five passing touchdowns, but they have five rushing touchdowns. <laughs> what in the world is going on in Denver? Russell Wilson has 306 yards, one touchdown, one pick. I I don't know what's happening in Denver. I'm baffled. Uh, there are talks about the team not really responding to Russell Wilson and his leadership. I can see that something eventually may have to be done here, but this is unbelievable. I'm talking about Denver has a nice offense from a receiving core standpoint. I mean, you got Jerry Judy from Alabama. I mean, he was a prime receiver coming out of Alabama. Still is five receptions, 81 yards. And so I just don't know what exactly is happening in Denver, man, but Whatever it is, something got to be fixed fairly soon. They're 0 for 3. And the Miami Dolphins are just going for it. I think once Aaron Rodgers went down for the Jets, I think that opened things up even more for Miami Dolphins to really uh, take a stranglehold over over this division. What's the thing you, Danny, about this game? Denver's defense. Last week against Washington, they gave up what, 35 points, and you saw what Washington did yesterday against Buffalo, put up three, and Sam Howell was picked off four times. It's just the defense, man. They 
for whatever reason, they're not responding. Two pivotal games actually out of this game next week. The Broncos play the Bears. So someone has to get right in that game. And the, Dolphin, the Dolphins play the Bills. So that, that'll that be must-see TV there. Danny, the rest of this week, we can. I, I think some of the games that really uh, took my eye here was the, that of the Chargers and the Vikings, uh, where Chargers finally gets on, on the winning track here. Uh, Justin Herbert goes for 405 yards, three touchdowns. The Vikings, they're 0 for 3. Let them continue to lose as a Packers fan. Uh, but they're, they'll eventually get right. And I think the NFC North division is going to be a division where only one team is going to make the playoffs. Um, really starting to believe that. So I think this game on Thursday night between the Lions and the Packers is going to be a very pivotal game here from a playoff positioning standpoint. Uh, the other game, too, man, I I just hated that the Commanders lost by this much, man. 37-3, anything that Madden Johnson is involved in, I am rooting for. Uh, and so, obviously, he is part owner of the Commanders, Washington Commanders. And for them to lose this game at home uh, is mind-boggling. So, uh, the Bills hangs one on them, man. Uh, Jared Allen. 218 yards, one touchdown, one pick. He continues to turn his ball over, Danny. I don't know how this is going to be for the Bills moving forward, but wow, there's something to be said here about uh, the turnovers. And the last game that really caught my eye, uh, the score-wise, with two games that caught my – well, maybe three games that caught my eye here, Danny. NFL was quite interesting this weekend. The Texans beat the Jaguars. C.J. Stroud goes for 280 yards, two touchdowns. A lot of his teammates say they have found the one. Uh, so you got to keep our eyes out on the Texans here. I think C.J. Stroud starting to make some strides here. The last game that kind of caught my eye here was Cowboys and Cardinals. Listen, man, I did not see this one coming. I thought Cowboys were going to just, I wouldn't say roll, but I thought they were going to win. Dak Prescott, 249 for a touchdown and a pick. Uh, they only scored 16 points. I don't know what's going on with the Cowboys from that standpoint, but here they are again. What say you about the NFL weekend, Danny? Jason, uh, Dak had a – that interception was key because Dallas was right there <clears throat> about to score and uh, make this game close, and he threw the pick, which kudos to the Cardinals, man. For as bad as they are or uh, appear to be, from a talent standpoint and all the trades they made before the season started, they're actually putting up a fight. Uh, so congratulations to them. I, I definitely didn't have them picked. Colts upset the Ravens in Baltimore with Gardner Minshew. The Ravens will be kicking themselves if uh, this game come back comes back to bite them from a seeding perspective. Uh, this is a game they should not have lost. They did have an opportunity to win, but it was a 61-yard field goal attempt by Tucker, Justin Tucker, that it was dead on. He just It was just short. Cleveland blew the doors off the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee, Cleveland's defense is just playing lights out. And Tennessee just looked uninspired in this game. I'm not sure what's going on there, but 
for them to lose the way they did and only put up three. And Derrick Henry had 20 yards, 21 yards rushing, 22 yards rushing. So it was just a really weird weekend of football. Some great games, but just the way some of these results ended up was just a little out of sorts. And it could contribute to the uh, or just be the parody that exists in the NFL or week to week. You just don't know. So that's what happened this weekend. And then he on to college football where, oh boy, Colorado Buffaloes get buffaloed. <laughs> 42 to 6, man. This was not even a contest, man. I turned it off at 28 to nothing. I knew that they weren't coming back. And how I knew they were coming back? Because Oregon kept running the same play. I got tired of watching just the handoff over the left side of that O line. And I saw that over and over and over again. Not only that, but Bo Nix, man, he goes for 276 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Shadur Sanders didn't get a whole lot of protection, man. Uh, we knew that this Colorado Buffalo O-line was just a little shaky uh, from a pass protection standpoint and even from a run standpoint. They got exposed big time. And I'm curious to see what adjustments Coach Prime is going to make here, whether it's personnel, um, putting them in the right position, whatever the case may be. But they have a, a schedule that is uh, quite interesting coming up here, especially with USC on the horizon here. So um, they're going to have to lick their wounds here uh, and, you know, face off against uh, USC next. But Danny, Shadur Sanders, 159, one touchdown. I think this kind of puts him out of the Heisman chase. Nonetheless, Colorado Buffaloes rebound. And ultimately, Bo Nix, or excuse me, uh, Shadur Sanders uh, puts up some impressive numbers here. What say you about this game? They got destroyed in the trenches. Every time Shadur Sanders went to drop back, there were like three Oregon Ducks in the backfield with him. Mm -hmm. He has no time, man. There's no way in the world they're going to win. And that, I think, will be a blueprint, as we will see with USC, that they put a lot of pressure on this offensive line. There's not much they can do. And then on the defense side of the ball is the same thing, man, where Oregon just bulldozed them, man, and just ran all over them, threw all over them. I, I see similar results. But USC isn't blowing teams out either. So they're not like blowing these teams out that they should be blowing out, but they may, you know, have a different uh, get up for this next game. One key note is this game's at, in the morning or noon Eastern kickoff and Colorado's 2-0 and at that time frame. So maybe, maybe that'll work for them. Next weekend, that's the only hope I see with them based on their line play. If their line play doesn't improve, I don't see how they can even come close to USC. I see quicker passes coming out just to help the line out, um, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll see how, how that goes, man. Uh, Danny, I watched the Florida State-Clemson game um, towards the end here. What a game went to overtime, 31-24. Um, Travis with 289 yards, two touchdowns, man. I'm looking forward to watching Florida State just because it kind of reminds me of back in the day, if you will, where Florida State was 
highly ranked, has some great players uh, and all. And their receiving core is tall as all get out. Yeah. Uh, so I also like to see that uh, and all. So we'll see how Florida State moves forward here. Uh, the other game that I, I took note of here is the Ohio State and Notre Dame game and where Ohio State prevails at the very last play of the game. I uh, saw that uh, at the very end, Danny, and 3 nothing at halftime, defensive battle. Uh, I think this says a lot about Notre Dame. Usually I would rule Notre Dame out, quite frankly, um, just because every time they seem to be in, in a national light or in a college football playoff, they get thrashed. Uh, and so we'll see how this goes for them moving forward uh, confidence level-wise. But, man, that was an a interesting game uh, to end in all. Alabama wins uh, 24-10, lackluster game. Uh, I think Alabama is still struggling with quarterback position. We'll see how that goes moving forward for the rest of the uh, season. Uh, but I don't see them in the national championship game uh, or in, even in the playoffs at this rate, Danny. Uh, and so those are some of the uh, games, college football games, that got my eye. And, of course, game that always kicks my eye, the team that always has my eye is that of my Florida A&M Rattlers uh, and where we prevailed against Alabama State. It was touch and go there for a minute, especially in the fourth quarter. I was throwing things at TV screen, yelling, going all over the place, man. I'm so frustrated, man, but we prevailed. I'm so happy for that victory, man, because uh, we are highly favored in these games, Danny. Uh, we're we're trying to march to the uh, celebration bowl, to um, so burst towards the SPAC championship. We're trying to be one and zero every week, of course. Uh, but we want to get to that SPAC championship, uh, and then ultimately win the SPAC championship to get us to the celebration bowl. Uh, in order to do that, we have to win our division. Alabama State was just in our way. Um, we again won twenty three to ten. But it was, man, it was an interception that got ran back uh, to the house and we prevailed. What say you about this college football weekend, Danny? Yeah, Jason, you hit on most of the games I was going to talk about. I would say the other one was Washington, Michael Penix Jr. Doing it again, man. 400 or 300 yards, four touchdowns. So keeping his name at least in the running for the Heisman. And, uh, yeah, the Notre Dame-Ohio State game was something else for sure. Yeah, Notre Dame had a couple blunders at the end of the game, but they only had 10 guys on the field as well. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to uh, next week. I want to see USC and Colorado, of course, just to see how Colorado responds. And, <clears throat> yeah, going from there. And, yeah, your boys. <laughs> Woo! Defense played well, man. It was the offense that was that had their issues. So it, it was one of those games where it was like, all right, we live and learn and got the W and can move on from there. And now, Danny, on to an interesting trading card scenario. Who we got? So in honor of Jason, today's trading card scenario is <laughs> Jordan Love's 2020 Panini Prism Rookie Card. For Aaron Rodgers, 2005 Upper Deck rookie card. A couple quick bios. Jordan Love was the 26th pick in the first round by the Green Bay Packers in the 2020 draft. And Aaron Rodgers was also, was the 
24th pick by the Green Bay Packers in the 2005 draft. Jordan Love, from a stat standpoint, he's just getting going, so I'll spare you that. But then Aaron Rodgers, 10-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, four-time MVP, 59,000 yards passing, 475 touchdowns, 105 interceptions. Jason, who do you want in your portfolio? Man, this was a tough one, man, especially because George Love only has three games uh, under his belt in terms of starting. Mm -hmm. i tell you what the big difference is in this one, though, Danny. The big difference is that when Aaron Rodgers first started, it was because, obviously, uh, Brett Favre retired, moved on to the Jets. At the same token, Brett Favre, it didn't seem like it to me anyway. He wasn't as uh, accepting of the of Aaron Rodgers being the backup. And so in terms of mentoring, in terms of shedding some light, things of that nature, I don't think Brett Favre did it as much as Aaron Rodgers did it for Jordan Love. I think what we're seeing in Jordan Love right now is honestly a lot more poise, a lot more peace and calmness. Um, especially in the midst of everything happening around them uh, and around the team. Uh, I think that's going to go very far. The other thing I believe Jordan Love has that Aaron Rodgers probably didn't have when he first started off is a young nucleus of offensive weapons. The only old category or old, old uh, room uh, to me, would be that the running back crew. And so I believe eventually Packers will get some new running backs into that in, in, into that crew and everything, uh, which is going to make this offense dynamic, and Jordan Love is at the very beginning of it. With that, Danny, uh, I'm going to go with Jordan Love. I want Jordan Love in my portfolio. Uh, I know what Aaron Rodgers has done. Um, I know obviously the projection of, or or what, uh, I'm sorry, I know what Aaron Rodgers has done from a Super Bowl standpoint. He hasn't gotten back to the Super Bowl, even with the offensive weapons, even with the offensive explosion. But I think Jordan Love being in the NFC right now, and young as he is, but he's poised. And I think the Packers are primed to put pieces around him as they have finally indicated in the in the last draft from an offensive standpoint, I'm going to pick Jordan Love. I'll say this, man. You can see it in the NFL, like even this weekend, of the quarterbacks that are getting thrown into the fire versus Jordan Love, who's had time to just sit back, learn, understand the offense, and because I look at it like Justin Fields, and I think it's coaching too around what's surrounding them. The Bears are just a mess, which ultimately impacts what Justin mm -hmm. Fields, I'm just using him as an example. And you look at either Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis, where he could definitely benefit from sitting, sitting back, learning the game. He's a great player, great talent, but like him just running, you know, reckless. Now he's out with a concussion. Those are the things where I think he he would have learned sitting back and learning a year. And Indianapolis is in no way, you know, in a rush. So they could have 
let Gardner Minshew do his thing and then let Anthony Richardson come in for some spot play and then learn from there. So, so that's where I think Jordan Love has a distinct advantage over these other quarterbacks. And then with him and Aaron Rodgers, from a card perspective, I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers' card right now. I think a lot, there's still a lot to be learned with Jordan Love and the Packers. Just from the standpoint, like you said, they're young. And down the line, that may change my thought of, let me, Jay, let me get that Jordan Love from you. But <laughs> at this time, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers' card. I think Jordan Love in that division, he has, he's going to be all right. I thought that before the season even started. Mm-hmm. And who's to say what Minnesota is going to do going forward? With all the struggles they have, which is amazing to me with the talent they have, but their defense is shaky. But if Kirk Cousins leaves, if you don't know what Justin Jefferson is going to do, mm-hmm. so they could get pushed back a little bit. Uh, and then the Bears are the Bears. And then Detroit, Detroit is Detroit. So they haven't proven anything yet. And that's where I think the Packers have a distinct advantage if they don't mess it up. So that's where, and they have another advantage of cheap because everyone's going to be cheap because they're going to be on rookie deals. So they can bring in talent if they need to from a veteran standpoint and pay some people to bolster up like their offensive line and defensive line and possibly corners and whatever. But so they have some advantages and the way Jordan's look, love has looked the first few weeks. I think he'll be all right yesterday. That was a, a tale of three quarters and one quarter because he didn't look good at all. And then he brought it, he brought it in that fourth quarter. So curious to see how the rest of the season goes for him. But I think it's just one of those things where you just gotta wait and see and see what he can do and see how the team evolves around him because yeah, like you said, the NFC is not as strong as the AFC right now. So there's definitely some opportunities to be had. And if they do it right, they could have something going for a while. Thank you for joining us at Back Porch Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.